Hello, friends. It's been an extraordinary few weeks full of uncertainty and global challenges, and it's never been more critical to stay connected with our audience. And we want you to know that the Collector's Quest podcast is prioritizing your safety and making podcast changes easier under these extraordinary circumstances. And we are committed to maintaining our service, our values, and our integrity as your trusted source for video game collecting discussion. Okay, so this is probably all you've heard on the news for the past three weeks, but surprise, we're talking about coronavirus and some thoughts on how it might affect market prices. Uh, Small update, the jobs numbers came out today and it was the single worst week of new unemployment claims on record. So it is an interesting time for something relatively frivolous like collecting video games and we're going to talk about what's happening and what we think is going to happen over the next couple months Although this will probably be even more interesting to revisit in a couple months or in summer. So we will probably do that too. So tell your mom about the show. Tell her not to leave the house because she's old and she's vulnerable. And let's go. Oh, wait, no, give us five stars on iTunes and then let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Collector's Quest, the first real episode in a very long time. I'm Tyler, here with Johnny and Stefan. What's going on, guys? Today, we're actually not meeting in person. We're all in our individual homes. Hey, Tyler, uh, our contributions to this podcast are very real. Your contributions are real. And just to be clear, (laughs) uh, us recording across the country is exactly what happens this whole time. This whole podcast happens over Skype, like all low-quality podcasts. That's right. We've been social distancing forever. That's right. For a while, I was pretending we had a uh, we had a headquarters, and like I would like roam around the halls of Collectors Quest HQ, and uh, that's not that's not true. That's all. It's all an elaborate facade. What would even happen at our headquarters? We get together <laughs> three times a month for two hours. <laughs> that's right. It'd be like an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> would be really bad efficiency for the rent. That's true. All it right. would because real estate prices something stop, might happen to them it. in transition. <laughs> transition. Hey Tyler, what are that we talking a, about today? It was a gallant uh, try. We're talking about what the news cycle's been talking about for what I assume has been three weeks. Um because yeah. I left the country three weeks ago and then the world ended when I came back, and the only thing that's been on the news is coronavirus and uh possibly a uh, at least American recession, global recession. I don't know. Yeah, let's uh, let's back up for a second there, Tyler. I know we wanted to cover your honeymoon. Yeah, uh, and 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 so you were uh, out of the country for all of this madness. So how was that? Oh yeah, guys. Let me tell you, if you're scheduling a honeymoon, uh, early March 2020, really bad time to schedule uh, to leave on your honeymoon. Uh, but I went to London, and then I was supposed to have a cruise to Norway. That didn't happen. That kind of happened. So I had three days in London. I had like four good days in London total. Uh, And then I took a cruise with, uh, I think the average age was about 70 on the cruise. These people did not give a shit. (laughs) You you were in heaven. Dude, these people, (laughs) I was in heaven. Um, These people, uh, they were ready to die cruising. Nothing was going to keep them away from their cruise. No coronavirus. 
whatever. If they got it and died, they'd be like, great, I died cruising. That's all I wanted to do with the rest of my life. This was my 57th cruise. I'm fine with it. Uh, but no, just so I don't seem like a complete ass. Uh, the world was different literally three weeks ago. Like people were like, oh, the UK seems fine. Like maybe Italy seems like not a good place. It wasn't like I was being one of the spring break party people by still trying to go on my honeymoon. Uh, mm. But anyway. It was very sudden. I mean, three weeks versus two weeks ago is like totally different. Yeah, it was it was super, super crazy. We left on the cruise uh, two and a half days into the cruise. Uh, there was like an announcement like, ah, Norway is putting new restrictions on ports, but uh, we meet all those restrictions. We should be okay. Literally like 12 hours later, it's like Norway shut down all the ports. We're turning the cruise around. There's no more cruise. Uh, I am getting a refund for that cruise and all my great excursions that I had planned. Uh, but goddamn, moving all this travel around and stuff uh, is still going to be such a pain in the ass financially. Uh, but it was my honeymoon. And then we went back to London. And uh, the day we got back, like the day after we left on the cruise, coronavirus was declared a pandemic. And then the day we got back to London, after rearranging all our travel plans, uh, everything in London shut down. And then we had like uh, a week in London where uh, there wasn't much to do but walk around and look at things. And then for the second half of that, not really supposed to walk around either. Well, I mean, I guess at least for the first part, you were in a place where there was good things to walk around and look at. Like, if you're going to yeah. be trapped somewhere just walking around, London's, like, one of the better ones. London is the my favorite place I've ever visited. London's the best. If you guys haven't it been to London, best. go it, to London. It is the best. We all Do you agree. know how much it takes for someone from New York to say that another city is the best? The only other city I've liked more than New York before is Las Vegas, and London is better than that. What is with people from New York liking Vegas? Vegas is the worst. Oh, Vegas is the best. I think Ugh. it's just the grass is always greener sort of mentality. I know we're not talking about games, but how are you on Vegas, Stefan? Am I alone? I, I hate Vegas. I don't like Vegas, but then I also, you know, as someone who doesn't smoke or drink and relates gambling to both those things, um, I it's, it's just not a, not a great place for me. But it is, I think it is kind of grass is always greener kind of thing because like i i've been to london i don't know seven or eight times now and on the plane a lot of times if you hear a if you have like a london-based crew they talk about los angeles like it's the f***ing bee's knees like it's just like like there's no better place on earth than los angeles because they're from london and so i think it's just the 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 vice versa for for that that's you so know, if weird you're, if you're not from there yeah i was I felt really at home at London. I've only been once, and I thought it was the best place I've ever been. Also, Styler, so I, I'm with you. The best compliment I got while I was there was I was out by myself. My wife and our friends were back in the hotel, and somebody asked me for directions because I had like blended in enough and like had the correct dress and everything on. Like that, uh, they thought I was from there. That felt good. That other tourists were approaching me. Wow. Like I've done it. <laughs> I I had I had headphones on and I looked like I didn't give a shit about every anything around me and that like I never wanted to talk to another human and they were identified me instantly as someone who lives in London. So that was nice. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. It's it's a very varied place. There's all kinds of people who live there. I heard so many languages around. They have a lot of stolen treasures from around the world in their museums that they really seem like They're they should stolen. give back. Not stolen. Yeah, you can't steal what's rightfully yours. <laughs> 
Oh man. Yeah, you better uh, be. Yeah, you don't. You, you don't say stolen to the to the British man. They they do oh, not. Oh, I like did. That. But then my taxi driver tried to talk to me about Waterloo and beating the French and how everything's great. And you're a traitor. <laughs> yeah. uh, then coronavirus uh, happened, and uh, we're all gonna die. And what's gonna happen to the game market, Johnny? Okay, so that's what we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Uh, I also just want to talk about what's going on in the collective scene right now. Things that are uh, being impacted, things that are impacted. Stefan, you can talk a little bit about it too, because uh, some of your stuff is directly impacted. I have had a lot of questions. I know you guys have not been reached out to as much, or if anyone's reached out to Tyler. Or the retro gem miner, he's been away, so he has not even looked at Instagram. Uh, oh man, I hope the retro gem miner is doing okay. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Has anybody checked in with that guy? Yeah, he told me he thought coronavirus was something he got from sharing beers with someone. That's was a really weird thing for him to say. Uh, last I heard, he was going to spring break. So yeah, he was definitely <laughs> yeah back. he was definitely in Florida. <laughs> All right, first thing. Um, Events that are impacted. Stefan, why don't you tell us about the first event that is definitely impacted by the current, uh, you know, situation in the world. Convention scenes. Oh, my God. Yeah. All of them. All of them are canceled. And that's not just hobbyist stuff. I mean, yes, obviously the hobbyist stuff has been, but also industry. So there's no E3. There's no GDC. There's no... Um, so it, it's impacting both, kind of both sides of the game hobby right now because, you know, for a lot of those... Uh, like indie developers, you know, GDC and E3 are, are how they find funding, how they find publishers, how they get their game out there. And, and so now suddenly they're they're not going to have that. So I know a lot of projects are being impacted uh, on the industry side of this. But also, yes, the from the uh, convention side, um, you know, uh, Portland, unfortunately, has actually been canceled. SoCal Retro Gaming Expo, where I was going to showcase my first showing of the uh, art collection, has been canceled. Um, so those of you who were excited to see the art collection, uh, I am right there with you. I am I am pretty broken up about it too. But that it's not like it's not going to get shown. You know, uh, it'll there will be a first showing. It won't be uh, in Pasadena, and it, it's not going to be in Portland, but it will be somewhere. So uh, so hang in there. You'll you will get to see it. But yeah, I mean, as far as I think that was really because so much of the like the shutdown begun with the concept of gathering and not wanting to, you know, have what at first they said more than 50 and then they broke it down to more than 10 um, before they said no going out of your house at all. Um, but so I think a lot of social gatherings and conventions, they were the first things to go or some of the first things to go. And um and that was a lot of that too, especially early on. I saw people like kind of blaming shows for it, like, "Oh, well, you're just like, you know, taking the taking the the safe way out," or you know, "That's not you know." You <laughs> oh, should... you're taking the safe way out, <laughs> you jerks! The show, the the show must big, go on. All that, yeah, bullshit, the, right? There were some big crybabies out there. Yeah, like really and not understanding. People. Like, oh, you guys are such cowards. This is just a flu. Shut up! Like, whoa, guys, yep. uh, a whole city said no don't do this and then a whole state came down and said right don't do anything so i think uh, most of those people were changing their tunes after the first week or so but i hope so um, because they were really nasty and also stupid so yeah if you were one of those you know, people I, ugh, shame on you yeah the, re the reason i wanted to mention that is just that like there were some like some pretty gross vitriol coming from people that were blaming the shows for shutting down early on and it wasn't them at all like a lot of those especially when we didn't understand how 
widespread an issue this is and how quickly it was progressing um the the shows did want to like keep going but the the cities and uh shut them down you know on their end yeah city and statewide ordinances telling you that this is not happening under any circumstance because if you saw by spring break in florida if you let people and just allow them to they will so, um, yeah, anyways, that, that was like pretty unfortunate for everybody. But I mean, if you were in the mindset and you started to blame a show, let me put it to you this way. As someone who's worked at a show before and has seen several conventions be put together, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of money. It's planning months and months and months in advance. There is no way in hell. That if they could avoid shutting it down a month or two weeks before the show, that they wouldn't do that. They would avoid that at all costs. It would literally take something like a pandemic to, to make them stop, right? Or a terrorist act. It, it, it is such a nightmare scenario for all these conventions and all the money they're losing. Like, who knows if some of these shows will be able to recoup if they've already had all this stuff prepaid or, uh, you know get another venue, even if it's postponed to, to do it again. Cause these spaces get booked up months and months in advance. It's uh, you know, this is like, uh, you think it's bad for you because your plane ticket and you like lost some money on some stuff to them. It's like their whole thing, their whole money-making endeavor shut down all the vendors who plan to be there. It's bad for them. This is not like, this is no one just like kowtowing or, you know, being too afraid. This is just, a big suck for me and you and attendees and convention. No one is winning here. This is all one giant, uh, everyone taking it on the chin. Yeah. And it's not like these are some like mega corporations that are putting on these shows. I mean, no. some of them are like E3 and that kind of thing, but, uh, you know, these, a lot of these are run by mom and pop shops or just a, a handful of individuals. And so it's not like they're going to be okay sitting on their big pile of money elsewhere. Like they, they are really kind of, um, out for for these shows, and you know a lot of some costs they will be able to recoup. They'll get refunds, but a lot of that is just like, oh well, we just lit some money on fire. Right. Um, so so don't think that these people were you know made these decisions lightly. I mean, it's okay to light some money on fire right now because your four hundred one k is also on fire because the, the <laughs> world collectively we're all just losing money right now. It's great. Yep. So um, let's get into the marketplace discussion. Because I've had a lot of people just straight up ask me, Johnny, do you think the market's okay? Should I sell my stuff? Um, no. No, I, I don't think you should go sell all of your games. Now, by all means, if uh, your whole world is crashed and you're completely strapped for cash and this is the only way you have to be liquid or solvent at all, then you do what you need to do. All right? Mm-hmm. Like... Like, do whatever you must to take care of your family, but do I think if you're in an okay position and, you know, you buy collectibles, how I kind of preach to buy collectibles, don't buy them as an investment, even though there's a whole brand of investment collectors that I'm not including in that statement, because that's a whole different thing. If you're a a normal hobbyist collector, like more in the realm of I am, even though uh, I have a large collection, it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around the fact that I'm just a guy who goes around buying video games and I don't look at this as a huge investment for me. You can ask Stefan. I don't. I collect this because I like it and I do it with disposable income. Nothing that's going to hurt me. So if that's the way you've done it and this is just your hobby 
and nothing in your business or anything, and you don't flip games to make money, you should hold on to your stuff. That is my stance. Guys, do you disagree with that statement at all, or are we all of the same mind? Uh, I'm I'm kind of right there with you. I saw a quote from Mark Cuban actually on investment the other day, and it was uh, he said that the the safest thing to do in investment when you don't know what you're doing is nothing. Um, and I think I think um, in this in this case, you know, when the market's in trouble, and uh, you know, I think it's it's a, a case where if unless again, like Johnny said, if it's a matter of solvency, like you need in order to keep your family afloat, you need to sell your collection, then. F- sell your collection. But if you're not in that position, then it's not like the market's going to crash and then stay dismal forever. You know, it'll rebound to whatever, like it will, uh, and it has before. So, um, so unless it's a matter of like, you need to, you need that liquidity, then just sit on the collection. It's not, you know, unless you're doing it from a pure investment standpoint, where, I mean, let's be real. I know that there's a handful of people out there who are like that. But if if this is something that you also just enjoy doing out of just nostalgia or just loving games or whatever, then it's not like overnight you stopped loving games. Um, so just sit on your collection and enjoy it for a while you know, while the market does whatever it's going to do. Yeah, I, I also don't understand why you would sell your collection just because of a market downturn or a potential market downturn uh, coming. But yeah. Well, I think let's... like most of us, including the people listening to the show, probably just have the games because we love it and we're going to die with the giant pile of games. It's not like uh... I could kind of see a different side if it, if you're talking about like magic cards, um, just because they're so much smaller and easier to stick in an envelope and mail and store and all that kind of thing. Because if you're in magic cards or something, and it's like, oh, I've got all these $50 cards that might go down to $30 sometime. It would be easier for me to just sell them all and rebuy them later. But when you're dealing with like boxed video games, it's like, ah, you got to think a lot more about condition, about what's going to get damaged in shipping. It's a lot more hassle. There's a lot more, uh, it's a lot bigger deal when you're uh, talking about a bigger physical object like that. So let's talk about if and what has happened to the market at all. If we've, if we've seen any movement on that. Um, so uh, I've seen, and I've talked to a few shop owners, so, uh, I'll, and Stefan, I know has at least talked to one. So I'll talk mm-hmm. about uh perspective. I've heard one from a video game shop, one from a card shop and just, uh, tell you what's going on in their world. Uh, both of them are, have online presences and they do okay online, regardless of what they do in the store. A lot of their inventory, most of their sales actually come from online. So, they are not exactly hurt. Either of them were not exactly hurt by this initially. In fact, they've both saw through the month of March a steep increase over what it was last March. Um, but where both shops, and this is in Magic Cards and Games, they were seeing titles uh, that, like for Magic Cards in the two to ten dollar range, like card, like players' cards, not any high end vintage stuff. None of that stuff is moving. All like $300, you know, investment style pieces weren't going anywhere. Uh, same on the game side. It wasn't like your super expensive or rare stuff that you don't want to play. Like, uh, you know, International Super Soccer or Super Copa on the Super Nintendo. That stuff is sitting on the shelf still. But all the Marios, all the RPGs, the, the stuff that people actually want to play in their collection... 
that kind of stuff was moving at a much greater pace than it had been previously because people are hunkering down and they want to do some stuff with their time. So these are the kinds of things that they saw moving. Uh, so they were doing a lot of mid-tier and like nothing on the top end. That's what I've heard. So you can expect like maybe people aren't going to go blow a bunch of money on investment pieces, at least at the collector level, um, like more expensive stuff. Like maybe they're just going to hold. That's what I would expect to happen right now. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard a similar from the brick and mortar that I talked to. Uh, they, you know, again, like you said, most of their stuff, is, most of their sales were online previously. And I think now they're seeing even more online sales because there's more people online right now just kind of putzing around on the Internet. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the, the key for the brick and mortars is that online presence, like how quickly they were able to uh, to kind of move their business from, you know, depending on brick and mortar, you know, depending on walk-ins versus, uh, versus not, I think probably the, the retailer that I'm, and this is just a guess that I was thinking about right now, but one of the retailers that I think would probably struggle the most because they deal with their, they depend so much on trade-ins would be GameStop. I would be, I would be interested to see, how what their number I know their numbers haven't been great anyway, but like whether or not they're taking in even you know a steeper nosedive uh, due to the probably you know s smaller amount of trade ins right now. Yeah, GameStop is a plague on on gaming. You guys, everyone knows I hate GameStop yep, for many reasons. Like I actually hate them for the whole industry. You know, I they they help make indie publishers and small publishers do poorly. And I hate that about them. And, um, you know, everyone's they also like, tried to go yeah, ahead for, for a new reason to hate them. They did try to frame themselves as an essential so, business. And so yeah, that's because they sell they, keyboards. They, their wait, leadership what? That's is, why. yeah, because they sell keyboards and mice, they sell computer equipment. So they're essential for people to be able to work at home. Like I, if you said we're entertainment and we sell an essential product for people to be able to take their mind off it and be home. I would have bought that, but try try to sell the work angle. Go f yourself, GameStop. Really, uh, just everything about you is so greasy and gross. I just I hate them. Uh, and for everyone who's like, well, I just want to buy used games. Uh, used like buying used games from your friend and eBay. That's like one thing, but like a whole business model around it just hurts. It hurts people who actually make games. It really does. You guys got to look into that and see why that hurts gaming. As a whole, it it stifles creativity. It lowers people taking risk on new styles of games, and that's why we have uh, Call of Duty every year and like a Madden every year. And you just get these established franchises. They know that they're just going to make money because you can't take that many risks on uh, smaller titles, and everything has to be huge budgets. Because uh, if a game only sell like Madden's probably going to sell four times, but the publisher of that game is only going to make money once. Right. So that's that's not good metrics for people who make games. Yep. Anyways, that's my end rant about GameStop. But let's let's talk about so that's March, right? So that's what's happening in March. Uh but uh, the two people I spoke to, they kind of had this is where they differed. They had different views of what they thought April and May could be like. And this is you know, we, no one knows what's going on. No one knows exactly 
how widespread the virus will be and like if we're going to hit this acceleration period are we at the beginning of the curve the middle the peak no one knows where we are on it exactly and and the problem is is different states different areas are all going to be at different places at different times so what were what these two retailers uh one thought like it would just be fine and we'd be out of it by may and he you know he thought April would be a little rocky, and then May, as people saw everything was tapering off, would start to be better. I'm not a doctor. These people aren't doctors. Don't take that as any kind of gospel. We're not medical professionals. Uh, the only medical professional is that I know is in my house, and she's a nurse, so she's not an infectious disease specialist, so we're not even going to take her word on it. These are just what they were speculating on. They, uh, This guy thought, yeah, by May, we'll be fine, and I'll be rocking and rolling and everything We'll be back to normal. Uh, my friend who sells games, he was not so optimistic. He thought this was, uh, his opinion was it's going to go on much longer, that people are in April and they like the idea of the stimulus and stuff. They're, they're going to see an instant boon from that and the idea of that. And then uh, if things get harder and tougher as we go a month, another you know two months in, then things are going to taper off drastically. And then, so he's preparing for this boon and just like trying to make that last as long as he can, because he thinks this is a spike and then it's going to fall off a cliff. I don't know if that's true. Uh, thoughts on that. This has really been going on for something like two or three weeks in like the hundred percent public eye, like, oh my God, the world is ending sense. Right. Um, but I wouldn't expect the game market to drop on a hat like that. It's going to be a slow change, assuming there is a downturn, which I personally think there has to be. I think it's going to happen slowly as, uh, you know, as people, as the months tick on, if, if this goes on for a couple of months, more people are going to lose their jobs. More people won't be able to pay rent. More people won't have money for, you know, useless baubles like old video games that they, they stick on shelves. Or even if they don't, uh, because this has been such a big deal, because everyone's 401k just dropped by however many percent, um, lot, more people will have it in their mind like, I shouldn't be buying as many, you know, stupid video games as I buy. Maybe I should be more responsible. Maybe this isn't the time to buy a complete in box little Samson uh, when there's so much uncertainty in the world. And so I think that kind of mindset or just, you know, the bad economic things happening to people every single day this ticks on will slowly churn more of that into the market which will be bad and on like kind of the more supply side thing like if game stores do sell more stuff online to try to stay in business that will be more supply out there which will depress prices as well yep that's basic economics right supply and demand more supply less demand uh lower prices right that's how the curve works one thing i've seen so i've seen uh there are people who are like Video games are immune to economic conditions. I'm not saying a lot of people have said that. I have some seen some people say that there's going to be no effect online, which I think is crazy because there are people who have also said like, oh man, the market's doing great. We got the lowest unemployment ever. People have so much discretionary income that they could spend it on stupid, useless crap they don't need, like magic cards and, and video games and, and comic books and all that. So if that's the case, then the opposite should be true, that if everything is not going great and not everyone is employed and has tons of discretionary money, then they won't spend it on video games. I mean, the, the last time, the last recession, right, which which was different because 
it, largely people would say that entertainment was recession proof, right? And and it, it to a degree it was sort of the last vector that was that was hit. But this is a little bit different now because there are um, pieces of entertainment that require people to go to a location. Anything that's location based is going to be hit harder than it was in the previous recession, right? So like when the the th movie theater industry wasn't hit nearly as hard in 2007 it's getting hard hit harder you know way way oh, way way harder now crushed. because they can't physically open yeah they can't physically open um so i think now is a better time for games for something like this to happen because uh there is so much more digital on the market like this generation of consoles it's so easy to to um to get your games digitally and there's such a big push for that right i think you know a generation or two ago when when not as much was online and it did require you to go get your games um had this happened it would have had a, a much more drastic and immediate effect so i think because you know gaming especially modern gaming is there's so much of it accessible online um that it's probably going to be slower to be uh to be affected and i think something like i think things like mmos or anything um that is like socially driven online is probably going to have see a real good time right now just like netflix is seeing a real good time right now um you know i think world of warcraft is you know getting a lot of its subscribers back i you know you can tell just by their own marketing like they just put up uh world of warcraft if you go to their loader right now there's an article about how to pick the game back up after you've been away for a while and that populated this last week i came home from london and i resubscribed to runescape the day i came back yeah exactly that's <laughs> Right. So like people are trying, you know, they want to still be social within their means to be social. And so on online gaming is a perfect vector for that. So while some things like, you know, collecting physical games may, you know, you may see a hit, I think uh, gaming, modern gaming in general, especially online gaming is probably going to be pretty healthy. Okay. So I have a couple of questions, uh, just follow-ups to all this for both of you. Sure. One, does this mean we can finally sit down and play City of Heroes together? Is this the time? <laughs> Are you guys ready? <laughs> nope. I, I don't have any, I don't have any ready-made excuses. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm hearing is not even the pandemic can make them play uh, <laughs> City of Heroes with me, guys. How about you out there in the audience? Anyone? No one? Man. If if someone was into City of Heroes, I feel like they would have reached out to you by now. I know. It is very disappointing. But now maybe they have time because they're at home. But my job is actually continuing. Uh, even though I'm closed, I can do most of my work from home. And right now, uh, being a supply chain analyst... Uh, and looking at you know how that's going and how factories are performing is kind of important to my to my work. Uh, I mean, it's important every day, but been a greater emphasis on that. Anyways, follow up question. So that was talking about games in general, but let's talk about the collectible market. So, do we think it's going to be hit? Do we actually think that games can be recession proof? Uh, you kind of answered already, Tyler, but let me. Let's let's uh, go back to 2007 again. Video games were being bought at a pretty good rate. 2007, 2008, 2009, that whole recession housing crush didn't crush video games, 
but the level of collecting was a lot different. The amount of people in the market was a lot different. So the marketplace is not exactly the same. So when people say it's going to be the same as the housing thing, I don't think that's true. Yeah, the, I, the, I don't... the market was entirely yeah. like who was in the market was even entirely different. It's, right, it's so crazy, right. crazily different now since 2012. Like there was no, there was nothing for games to crash down from. They had never reached any type right. of high. Now games are they're at least in the sky somewhere. They could technically come down. And some of them have already been coming down. But go on, Stefan. I was just gonna say from a hobbyist perspective too. Like that was. In 2007, games were cheap enough where the hobby was a way that you could escape from the like terrifying situation you were in and have something to do uh, for relatively in, you know inexpensive. It wasn't seen as a luxurious hobby like it is now. It was uh, it was something that you could you know primarily do on the cheap when you had very little money, which a lot of people did. So uh, you know it was it wasn't you know it wasn't people weren't shying away from entertainment as much as they were looking to be entertained as economically as possible, which is why things like, you know, uh, streaming, you know, exploded then too. Um, and, uh, because it was a very inexpensive way to be entertained. So n- games now it's not, you know, game hunting, unless you, you know, get lucky at a, at a swap meet or yard sale. Generally, it's not seen as a hobby that is done on the cheap anymore. Um, and so, yeah, you can't, you can't compare. I'll fight you on that. It's very cheap. Now. We should have a whole episode on that. <laughs> well, not everyone, uh, collects, uh, retail games. games. So, <laughs> all right. Well, you tell me, Tyler, since you don't think that the hobby is expensive, go ahead. Does, does that, uh, impact your judgment on what could or is going to happen at all? Uh, I don't think my opinion on that. The hobby is not expensive is going to uh, drop things at all. Like I, what's, uh, a complete copy of the legend of Zelda. It goes for like what? 60 bucks. And that's like one of the most desirable things that anyone who would want to collect games could have. I still think that could drop. That has nothing to do with how I feel about games being cheap. I think just about everything is probably going to drop. There's like the normal stuff like super Mario brothers three, you know, I think there will be more supply in the market. And I think, you know, at least some amount of people there, there has to be a diminished demand for just about everything right and uh the, the things i think will be hit the hardest would be uh things that aren't super rare but are expensive uh, and kind of like little samson uh oh, i don't know why i'm struggling to think of another one my other one would be hagane but i don't like bringing that up as an example because then it seems like i'm trying to depress the market because i am searching for that game but little samson and <laughs> how hagane about fl- how about flint uh, because that's the thing that people would have sitting on a shelf that they could very easily they don't have to like go and sell you know, 40 games for eight bucks each. They could just be like, I have that. That's worth 500 bucks. I could toss that up and pay my rent. Assuming there are people who are in that situation. Cause those are the, those are the types of items where kind of normal people, like I would say like us, Stefan, you're so insane. Now Johnny has kind of everything. Normal people could potentially be in this, the case where that's kind of like the showpiece of their collection. But if they had to, they know it's like a piggy bank that they can crack and and use as an emergency fund as well. Whereas, uh, you know, uh, uh, Johnny's friend who just bought the Nintendo PlayStation, that I would say that (laughs) that's on an entirely different level, like the super top end of the market. Those people aren't going to have to uh, cash out their games as a piggy bank. Okay. and sorry, Johnny, you can say uh, you can say the guy's name that I forgot. Palmer Lucky. Palmer Lucky. 
probably not going to have to sell the Nintendo PlayStation now. Well, especially since he didn't buy it. Oh, um, he didn't? Okay. No. Oh, the Pets.com guy bought it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of the, the high end, and I think probably Tyler is, of the three of us, the most connected to this, so I'd love to hear his opinion. But like, what do you think is going to happen to the sealed graded market right now? Because, yes, there's you know a select few people who do have, like, you money, and they're just, like, throwing, you know, whatever at these games. But then there's these sort of the mid-tier people who don't necessarily have all the money in the world but are still like trying to invest in those high high um end items and so i'm I'm curious how this market is going to affect those people that are you know buying and buying and selling or trading in these very luxurious items but don't necessarily have uh normally have the liquidity to like uh, sit on those in an environment like this. I honestly think that the market at that, uh, that kind of the WADA market, I'll just call it, it, it's so small that unless a good portion of those people are specifically affected by this, like if whatever, the, you know, bankers, uh, dentists, lawyers, like I just know a few of their professions, <laughs> uh, really, unless those people specifically are losing their jobs or losing really significant business because of this, uh, I don't I don't know how much is going to happen uh, to that just because a few hundred, a few thousand people are part of that. It's not like the general uh, video game market on eBay where so, so many people are a part of that. What I do see happening, um, probably stupid bullshit that shouldn't even be in that market to begin with might go down. Like every single copy, complete in box graded copies of Super Mario Brothers 3 that are just like <laughs> there's no end buyer for it it shouldn't even exist as an item that is graded uh like there's no reason to buy that to begin with so maybe all people those, will stop spending money on those all those not for resale halos uh, no people the people think that's i don't know what's up with that one came up and it's like it's the rarest thing ever and since that came <laughs> up like what another four have been for sale guys it's not the rarest thing ever do you want to get me started on not for resale halos <laughs> Yes. No. Oh my god. Uh, I I would guess that the not for resale Halo market. I can't even say the not for resale Halo market won't go down because it's already too high that it deserves to go down. Not because of the recession, just because there's too many of them and the price makes no sense. I don't. My answer has gone so far off track here. All I could think about is not for resale Halo now. <laughs> But uh, what do you guys think on the on the sealed graded kind of water market? Like, do you oh. think that there are like, honestly, like not investors, but like people honestly buying this as like the end thing to actually just own it for the collection who might actually cash out on them? I don't know. Uh, well, and first, let me follow with a recommendation. If you just bought a bunch of this stuff and you're like, oh, my God, I picked the totally wrong time to start collecting video games. That may or may not be true, but. You're you're probably not going to if the market starts to crash, you're not going to recoup that value, and you're not going to gain any of it back by panic selling. Hopefully, again, kind of with any collector, if you bought this stuff and you're just taking a hit right now, stay the course. Just don't don't panic. Just keep it because right now, if you sell into the market, like you're gonna. I mean, people have not maybe this month, but in two months, if this is still a thing, and again a lot of variables here but if in two months this is still a thing it's going to be a bloodbath on i think on those type of games because i don't think the market for them is going to exist 
I think this like, you know, I, I think if you're an investor or people who have bought into this and you've got you money right now and you're not really worried about that, those people aren't going to just start selling at giant losses either. So I don't know yeah, if it's right. like, like, so you might see the prices come down a little bit on some of that stuff, but if, a lot of these people who can invest already have money, right? They're where they're really getting destroyed is in their four hundred one ks and uh, all of their in, other investments. They're not yeah, worried their day about jobs. Yeah, they're not worried about the video game stuff right now, and I don't think they're going to start selling that off at a, at a huge loss. I think they are going to be able to just sit around and say, you know what, I'll be fine with this stuff. I'm not going to take a giant loss on this video game stuff, and. You know, markets have proven over time that during recessions, collectible markets and not just video games, but collectible markets have not been hit as hard. It's not to say that they don't go through the same recession, but they don't get that the drop is not, say, as as low as the stock market. But also the recovery usually isn't as quick. So th there, there are trade-offs there. So these are some things to be warned about. I don't, uh, I, I think if you're just Joe Collector... I'll see some of that stuff coming into the market, but I think a lot of these guys who can still invest will pick it up. And honestly, I think in two months, if you have money and you want to be a you know a baller, that might be the time to start looking at some of these investments. I mean, are there better places to put your money? Like the stock market it might be a better place for it at this point. But I think you know on some of the big, stupid, expensive stuff that people don't really care about. It's just expensive, you know. Again, like something like a Super Copa. I've got my mind on Super Nintendo stuff right now, but like Sculptor's Cut. Let's say Sculptor's Cut, okay? Like something dumb that no one actually wants except for the trophy piece, right? I think mm -hmm. those things will come down. Um, I, but I think like regular copies. Sealed graded copies, I think less so. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And Sculptor's Cuts is a perfect example because that is like the game that you could see, uh, you know, a 26 year old normal kind of guy having as like a trophy in his collection. That's worth, you know, three or 400 bucks, whatever a loose copy of that's worth right now. And it'll be a lot easier to sell than the rest of his N64 games. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like you're like, do I really want to sell my smash mothers or, you know, this, Hey, you Pikachu. Nah. Like I like my Mario parties. Eh, I guess I could just sell sculptors cut, which is a terrible game anyways. And pay my rent and or eat eat this month. That that might be nice. So Anyways. So are you guys planning on cashing in on the economic downturn? Everyone's fire sale in the collection. Everyone is going broke. Oh well, and we're gonna scoop up all the games super cheap, guys. Nope, I, I don't I'm I'm not. Question for you guys though, uh real quick as a response to that. You guys both, I think, said two point five million for your collections. Has your number come down at all in the current Not market? <laughs> nope. Uh, no, actually, and then I was actually just kind of thinking about that because uh, you know, talking about markets and timing, but and selling in to the hype. I mean, it's no secret that I sold my NWC um, what like a month ago, and like right before all of this happened. Um, and I, I don't. I don't know if the appetite for that, you know, three weeks later would still be there or not. Yeah, I was literally just thinking that when we were talking uh, about ten minutes ago. Like, I have a I have a history of being very lucky when it comes to timing, and you know. that is just it, that's just an, an example. All right. So, what else do we have to say about the market? Um, 
don't panic. Uh, feed your family if you need to. Do whatever you must. Should yeah. they, should you be looking at like you guys tell me? Should you be looking at video games as an investment right now? What would you do right now? Let's say you had fifty thousand dollars to go f- around with, and uh, it's got to go somewhere. Brewster's Million style. Are you investing it into video games right now? Or are you going to go do something else? Um, honestly, I am mostly in a hold state right now. Um, you know, there, I, I do have a little bit of liquidity right now. And, and rather than being out there, the, the kiosk I got today was sort of a fluke because it was literally down the street, but I'm not, I'm not out there looking for things right now. I'm not hunting art. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just sitting and waiting and watching because, you know, like, like Johnny, uh, my job is continuing. It's, uh, exclusively online. We're all home. No one's in the office. Um, but I just don't want to get caught with my pants down where I, you know, went and, you know, invested a bunch of, of assets into this hobby and then, you know, get laid off in two weeks. Um, Plus, so with it's your just, proximity, it's, uh, proximity to a park, if you get caught with your pants down, you're a sex offender. That's true. Yeah. Every time, every time I mask, I think about that. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> well, cut that whole part, Tyler. <laughs> Uh, maybe do the editor's note thing like earmuffs kids Uh (laughs) um yeah so you know i'm i'm i am personally in a holding pattern right now and i would suggest that anyone else kind of be in a holding pattern at least you know it's one thing if you're you know buying smaller titles or whatever just to kind of keep yourself entertained like if you're buying out of boredom great but i wouldn't be buying thousands of dollars of titles you know um out of boredom um, just sort of, in, unless you are in such a secure place where you could afford to be unemployed, then you know, and keep your hobby, then great. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting, waiting out the storm, so to speak. All right, Tyler, what uh, about you? Fifty thousand dollars. What are you doing? I would say that you should already be in a place where you could be unemployed for a period of time and continue your hobby at basically any point in history. So if you're at a point where you you don't have a kind of safety net built up for yourself, you should probably build that safety net before you buy any more video games. You do realize it's like the majority of America, right? Yeah, well, it's great advice <laughs> for the majority of America. I know, this, right? This, God. Look, just because Ada's doing a good job for you, don't come in here like you were prepared. Oh, my God. I've had three weeks to not be able to spend any money because everything was already pre-booked, so I've got... One and a half paychecks saved up, Johnny. Oh, um, yes. To so, what are you doing question, with that? Though, what are you doing with that one and a half paychecks right now? Oh, absolutely nothing. Um, there you go. So, it, it would be really nice. I've I've half joked about wanting a recession in the game market to buy things at lower prices. You and half of half of game collectors can't wait till this recession happens. Oh, you fucking dummies, get out of it! I'm gonna swoop in, get all them games cheap. Finally, fucking pretenders, get out of my hobby. There's, I think there's a big difference between a game recession and an economic recession. Well, I know that the only way that... I think the best way to bring about the game recession is having a global economic recession. Right, but nobody thinks about that as well. I, I know, I know. But yeah, like right now, uh, late March 2020, I would basically not be buying anything. Because personally, I think we are going to be on the slow descent downwards. And if the game market does go up, I think th- there's not going to be another 
uh, March 2019. There's not going to be another 2013 where game prices are rising faster than you can keep up with them. Uh, that's just not going to happen after coronavirus. Uh, no matter what happens, whether the market falls out or whether we're on a slight downturn or whether it stays relatively flat as, you know, things have kind of been since 2016. I don't see us coming out of this with like some great FOMO thing happening. Um, so I'm basically not buying anything um, because I do think prices can go lower. I'm going to keep an eye on uh, on eBay. I'm going to see if maybe some interesting things do hit the market that uh, I have my eyes out for. There are like certain variants that never show up. Maybe there'll be fewer eyes on them. Maybe there'll be more people looking to just get rid of that kind of stuff. Uh, but I'm not like, you know, basically in the past three weeks, like prices haven't crashed. <laughs> Nothing uh, crazy has happened. So there's no reason for me to go out and uh, change my habits. So holding pattern no, like I, Stefan. So, yeah, I would one if I had, you know, 50K of FU money right now. I don't know if I'm putting it into games like probably probably i'm still watching the stock market though it's been on the rise for the last two days like four days ago i definitely would have been like all right now it's time to maybe look at slow growth and put my money in like a three-year plan on uh some of the big big stocks that you know i know are going to recover your disney's coca-cola's apples it, it's going to be slow growth gain but like probably Probably something like that if I was really looking at like a secure, safe way to do that. Again, that's just where my brain would be. Please don't follow any financial advice I give you uh, on this front. This is not my expertise. Just throwing that out there. Um, that's what I personally would have been doing with uh, if I had that kind of money just to sit around. I have bought some games in March, but I was finishing my PlayStation set. That was like a goal. I said, okay, by April, I'm going to go ahead and finish this thing. I did most of my purchasing like the first uh, between February and March 7th. So I didn't get to the most of this where I, I haven't seen a bunch of prices come down. I too have been watching the market to see if new stuff is hitting and if the prices look different um, on like some weird variants and stuff. Not so much really. I, I haven't seen that kind of stuff though. I have talked to other collectors and they are very worried about this. And I expect, I expect that people may, if we have this thing where it's like a couple months and it's a problem, or if more people lose jobs and they have this artificial boon here, like this confidence in March, that's going to recede by April, May. I expect to see kind of like that Christmas drop where all of a sudden people realize they put too much money on their credit cards and they need to sell stuff. I expect to see that kind of slippage. Uh, and that's usually my favorite time to buy. I've said it before on the podcast. I That's like I keep a little rainy day fund for games right there because that's where I find some of my my best deals. So I, I expect to see some of that stuff. Um, I, I probably will put some money in. But if this is a thing that lasts six months, just know that we're nowhere near the bottom. Right. Like games will take a hit. People like collectibles, things that are expendable. People will pitch. I'm not advising that you do that, but people will do it because they will be forced to do it. They will be leveraged and yep. they, they will, you know, they will do what they have to do f to feed their families and feed themselves, you know? So I don't blame anyone. And, but it, if you can avoid it, don't do it. So yeah, I expect things will come down and I, I expect on at least some of the dumb stuff, your sculptors cuts, things like that. 
That's this is the time when you'll find a deal. I don't know if I'm necessarily putting my money into that because I think there's better long-term investments right now, but I think you can expect that kind of stuff. You could have doubled your money on the Carnival Cruise stock if you invested it a week ago. Yep, you really Great could have. Everyone uh, put your money into cruise stocks. They're the new weed stocks. Hey, you laugh, but uh, my friend and I both put $2,000 in there and are looking very good today. Oh, you're the best, Johnny. You're so smart. <laughs> Everyone, uh, take our definitely uh, take all of our financial advice, especially nope. on individual stock picks. We nope. are very qualified. Yeah, we are not. I can tell you a lot. We just we just looked and there was things that were so bottomed out. We're just like, we have gambling money. Let's gamble right now. My friend and I just said, let's do it. And we don't like Vegas. You see, the casinos are closed, but the stock market's swinging more wildly than yeah. any time in Woo, history. Get that high. Dopamine go. <laughs> Hell, daddy needs this one. <laughs> now, now it's like, when do I just push the button on sell? And how do I avoid, uh, I'll avoid capital gains? Uh, you, I, you know, I'm not your financial advisor, Johnny. I'm not going to give you stock advice because I, I, I have no not, idea. There's not enough money there to, uh, on my modest return to be worried about capital gains. Yeah. Um, that's the real answer. Correct. Um, if anyone is worried about capital gains, you're in a pretty good spot. That's, that's what I have to say to people who are like, God damn it, capital gains. They start complaining about it. I'm like, that means something went right for you. Hopefully. Uh, Johnny, I have so much of my company stock right now because I didn't sell it immediately when I got it because I don't want to pay capital gains. And now it's worth like half of what it was a month ago. So, so Oof. I'm sad about capital gains, Johnny. Oh, I'm sorry. But you, you're in telecom, yeah, oh, right? Oh my Wouldn't God. That yeah, be... I'm, getting, I'm not worried about getting laid off. Apparently, uh, my office is on fire right now. Yeah. Like, don't people need your services more than ever? That's exactly yeah. what like, I was thinking. You guys should be going up. You Like... Some of the area we put our money was in these kinds of things like, hey, stay at home stuff was like where we're like, we should put our money at that. Well, I don't I don't know how big put your money in Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I ever do get fired from my job, uh, I know Zoom is hiring a lot and they're also in the Raleigh area. Well, so I can are they really? Go over to that. <laughs> you might you might get fired now <laughs> since you just I endorsed hope my boss Zoom. Isn't listening to this. Guys, have you, have you tried Zoom? Look at this cool background. We're at Hogwarts. Oh God! Hey, our new uh, our new desktop endpoints do that as well. I don't know if that's coming to WebEx though. That totally reminds me of Wayne's World. <laughs> it's like Delaware. Hi, we're in Delaware. All right. Uh, have we talked enough about how depressing the market is? Uh, probably. I think yeah. this will be. Uh, it'll probably be more fun to look back at this in in two months or sometime in summer and see if uh, anything crazy actually does happen oh yeah this is this will be a nice reflection episode where it's like well i sure have egg on my face on this statement boy like this will be those uh you know those stupid ads like look at these posts that didn't age well like johnny uh, you don't you don't understand what what it's like to to be a public figure you never go back and evaluate your past mistakes you only point to the things that you were correct about so uh, we said we've each said like 40 things in this episode. So sometime in the summer, we'll be like, oh, yeah, that thing I said about Little Samson and Sculptor's Cut. Oh, that one totally happened. Carnival Cruises went out of business. But whatever about that. Uh, reminiscing will be probably especially satisfying to you later because, you know, this is a unlike a this isn't just an economic crisis, right? It's a health crisis, which is extra, extra scary. So when we're all not afraid of dying in a very direct sense, 
uh, it'll be it'll be much more jovial to look back on. Oh yeah, it, it's like, look, people have real fears based on. I have some real fear. My wife sure. is a nurse. You know, she is in a hospital where there are cases. That means she will be around it. Which and if she's around it and she gets it, that means I will get it and my son will get it. Like there, there will just be no avoiding it. Yep. And uh, that is depressing news for someone who is fat and diabetic. Sure. Or or like, ooh, or I should, like uh, should get exercising, I suppose. Uh, just like w- w- the, the other day, I, I said I I was fortunate that Heather didn't live to see this because it would have been so much worse for her. Like having that those kinds of thoughts where. You know, people uh, it would have, you know, as, as as awful as it was the way that she passed away, you know, it would have been so much worse had she also been, you know, sick with something like this. So, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, some really real fears. And, and, you know, that's even if even if you don't know someone directly impacted by this, you know, you know, someone who has someone in their life who would be directly impacted by this because they are of, you know, a... Um, a, a higher risk um, case. So, um, so yeah, just wash your f-ing hands and stay the f- home. <laughs> and you all know Johnny, so uh, yeah. you all know someone who's affected by this. That's right. Well, maybe, yeah. possibly, hopefully never. Um, and I, I hope that for everyone else as well. But I do want to like, here, let's, let, I'll step up on the Johnny soapbox for a minute and just talk to people about this. Hey, when people come out and say they're afraid of a thing, please stop shaming them online or saying their fears are unfounded. It doesn't really matter if uh, you agree with someone when they're afraid or not. The The point is to have a little empathy in your heart and know that that person is afraid, not try to tell them their fear is stupid, right? You You know, give a little empathy, reassure them. Maybe you can talk them down from fear later, but the first response of people being afraid about something shouldn't be to tell them that they're a dummy. Uh, I've seen a lot of that going around, and that's super disheartening. Right. Uh, I would rather people, you know, people look out for each other. When we do that, we're better. So if you if you have a moment, even if someone is being particularly dumb or particularly political on either side, because both of them, both sides are shags, that's my uh, personal stance on politics, you know, just try to step away from all that. Don't be a bag. Try not to be political. And just remember that people have fears and those fears are real. And try to remember a time when you were afraid and how you would have wanted someone to treat you in that moment. And uh, don't do the other thing, you know, which is happening on Facebook like fire right now. And understand that your level of vulnerability is not the same as someone else's, right? So even, oh, yeah. you know, even Absolutely. If, even if you're not concerned for yourself, you know, other people are concerned for themselves or their loved ones for different reasons. Um, a, a friend of mine said, and I ended up using this in a post too, uh, you should be conducting yourself like the most vulnerable person that you know. And, um, and I think that's a pretty, pretty good, pretty good baseline. Yep. I mean, this, it's just... It's like in even, like I said, even if all of it isn't as founded and like the data is like all over the place, but John Hopkins has a really neat thing. Uh, They have a nice Tableau report and I I work with Tableau. So I've been using their data sets and helping build data sets for my company and stuff. You know, it's whatever. And everything, it doesn't matter what the truth is on anything. Fear is real for people 
and they're afraid for people who are vulnerable, for people they love, for their children. I don't talk about whether the cases affect children or not. That doesn't matter. People are like, they're just afraid. So just try to try to remember that. Like, try not to give fear responses yourself, too. That's the other thing. I know you are afraid, so, but don't talk like you're afraid all the time. And don't be shitty to people because you are afraid. That's the other side of that coin. You know, try to be decent to one another out there. It's hard enough. All right. Good ending monologue, Johnny. Cool. Well, let's talk about uh, other stuff now. Uh, let's talk about what we have bought or sold. Is this now the what we're buying <laughs> or selling? What you're playing, what so, you're selling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've made that mistake a bunch of times. I did. It, it's because of Resident Evil. What you buying? What you selling? That guy in Resident Evil 4? Uh, yeah. That's where that comes from. Um, but uh, now with everyone fear selling stuff, maybe that's a pertinent thing. Have you fear sold anything this month, Tyler? I've done nothing. I've been in I, Europe I know. for most of this month. You, you've uh, bought and sold I bought, nothing. I bought at least uh, like five days of hotels that I didn't end up using because I was not in that part of the country because all my travel plans changed and they didn't give me refunds. That was cool. Oh, really? Um, Oof. I bought Animal Crossing for the Switch. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Get online. Get them codes out. I'm not on Animal Crossing. Sorry. Yeah. No. Most of my uh, no. Most of my things is going around getting refunds for things that all got canceled. Nice. Yeah. It's been right. super great. But I've been playing uh, old school RuneScape, which has a it's a delightful comfort food. I'm sure I'll get bored of it again in a month, which which always happens. Um, but it seems like a good time to be playing MMOs. Well. And remember, when that ends, City of Heroes is there for you and me, too. You know, we can finally do this together. And, you know, there's a, me and Ada are looking for a new TV show to watch. And, you know, Pirates of Darkwater is there for <laughs> us. Yeah. So in this time of fear and uncertainty, and if you're feeling sad, you know where you can go, right? <laughs> Pirates of Darkwater Rules. It's a Facebook group. Feel free to be sad there. We've had some really excellent posts about this lately. Um, some people have been posting action figures they found, like a, a claw one. There's been some good stuff in the in the in that thread lately, so check it out. So, Stefan, uh, you wanna you wanna tell me what you bought? Yeah, sure, I bought some stuff. Uh, I just of you did. Ju just today I bought. Is it one of a kind? <gasps> tell me about your purchases, no, Stefan. No, I don't think I have any one of the no. kind. Uh, but uh, I bought a, a Sega Genesis kiosk. The DS16. Um, oh, which is that a thing you have to play games in? Are you okay with that? Yeah. Yeah, it's actually video game related. Directly video game related. Oh. Um, and uh, about that from our friend Super Sparkster. That wasn't a fear sale. That was a I'm having a baby sale. Um, which is fear. Well, that's that's <laughs> a real fear. <laughs> that's, 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 that's fair. fair. And that's founded. Yeah. No, Babies are frightening. Uh, and uh, but I, I was glad I was able to give it a home, and you know he can he has visitation rights; he can still come play it. Um, it and, looks delightfully uh, small, which I do like. It is and very boxy, which yeah. are both very good things to have in a kiosk. Now you understand why uh, you had said that that's pinball room, and that's really not pinball room. I could not put a pinball machine there. Yes, it's literally in like the middle of your entire game room, in one of your sections you have jutting out into the middle. So yep. yeah, you couldn't fit a pinball machine there. That's right. Um, speaking of pinball, though, I did get my Jurassic Park machine, finally. That was oh, a... finally, we're talking about expensive things. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, again, to be fair, this was purchased before uh, <sighs> anyone knew the word coronavirus. It just took a long time for me to get it. 
pinball market is reeling right now. Barcades are having to rent out their games to private homes and stuff. It's, it's really oh, oh yeah. Well, who's yeah, going to now, play pinball now right the... now? All the local events have been canceled. Tournament syndications off. I don't know. It, what was that, Johnny? Is now the time for me to buy pinball machines? Uh, should I be maybe? buying Adam's family now? I mean, really, you should have bought it in like 2011. Oh man, I, that's the answer to everything about collectibles. I bet you would. <laughs> yeah. I bet you would have more people selling the modern stuff than than usual. Probably more people trying to get rid of their eight thousand dollar machines. Is now the time to buy Hobbit? Maybe. No, no, There's it's never, never the time, time to, to buy, buy Hobbit. Hobbit. <laughs> Although someone on Game TZ was asking me what game to buy, and I was like, "Here are all the games I like. I just really hate Hobbit." And he ended up. He's like, "I think I'm going to buy a Hobbit." So, different tastes for different people, Johnny. Yep. I don't um, think they're never going to remake Adam's Family. Um, why can't I think of the, the one floor of the cuckoo's nest? Back to the Future guy, Lloyd something. Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Thank you. Uh, he wouldn't even give his uh, his image rights for the digital pinball table. So wow. Uh, really. There's like it's like it's licensing hell because they've got all those actors on the game. So you should probably just oh, yeah. go buy an Adams Family, Johnny. There's only like twenty thousand of them. <sighs> when will I ever find one? Also, I have nowhere to put it. You can get rid of your Batman. What? Right next to your Batman. There's got to be room there for two. There's not. There's a fireplace right there. There's nowhere to put it. Do you use oh, a fireplace? Ooh. No, but the fireplace <laughs> is raised. Oh, lame. It is lame. I wonder if you could put like short legs in the back. I, we could figure it out, Johnny. I'm, I'm confident we could figure it out. <laughs> Thanks, Stefan. I appreciate your confidence. <laughs> Stefan will block a door. Who cares a, about fires? Yeah, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Hey, my fireplace uh, is condemned. I can put whatever I want in front of it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what else did you buy? Tell tell all the peasants what you're buying. Uh, what did I did I what did I buy? Did, did I, I think that's just oh, it, just right? a pinball no machine and a kiosk. No, did you get no another art? cabinet? Since no, we last spoke, no new, you didn't, like, no new shave, art. Shave I do have one's back and take the hairs off of a Nintendo employee. Nothing there, like that. There is a. I'm. I'm. I can't say I'm upset, but I'm annoyed that there is a significant number of my art pieces currently in Michael's uh, that I cannot get to. But uh, oh, I did buy a, a launch post an uh, NES launch poster. I think that was that happened. That happened at Towers. We, we talked that. about that. Yeah, yeah, we did. It's amazing how, how much you like that, that you brought it up a month later. That that shows how much you really appreciate that poster. It, it <laughs> is, because it is boring. <laughs> but it, Boy, it, is that thing dumb. But it is one of the pieces that is currently in, in uh, Michael's that I cannot get access to. Um, um, boring. I think no one's stealing that one. It. It's not exciting looking. Yeah, because we talked about my, my... No, my Star Trek game. That's what we talked about last time, because that was... Yeah, and the poster. You bought them yeah. at the same time. I was there for both of them, and we were in North Carolina. Okay, fine. Yeah. We did that in a hotel. <laughs> um, Did lots of things in a hotel. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's kind of it. I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft again. That kind of brought me back hook, line, and sinker again. Like I said, uh, I am one of those people who is desperate for socializing online, and I have been... Uh, Playing a lot of WoW. So there's that. Nice. Thing I'm doing. All right, let's see. Me. Uh, what did I buy? I bought a ton of PlayStation 1 games. Not really. Uh, I think I started at the end of January. I told you I was going to make a list. It was 77 PlayStation games that I needed to complete the set. I went ahead and I did that. Hooray. And then the other thing Your that list. happened. 
is uh, because I had to like work in my office all the time now and it kind of gotten chaotic in here. I was like, all right, I can't focus because things aren't right. And I had bought all this stuff like to fix my shelves and kind of redo the room a little bit. I, I say redo, but really, I mean, expand my shelves higher, shift some of my boxes around. This was going to happen about two years ago. It was, I was prepping for my son to be born and I was like, all right, you know, okay, I'll, I've got to do this before he's born. I'm going to take that month off before he's born, get the house right, get my office right, do the do the nursery, do all this stuff. And then he was born six weeks early. So before I could even take any of that vacation. So everything has been in chaos, but I've been home every day and I'm like, okay, so that time I'm not driving to work and stuff. I have these like suddenly an extra hour here and there. And I just been going hard at it. I, I got the shelves all up. I put the PlayStation one collection in, put uh, spacers in where like a, a filler game where games that haven't arrived yet. So I know exactly the size of the collection. I still have like eight games that need to show up, but everything's purchased. So the PS one set is complete. I'll talk about that. In my side quest, I'll go through Ooh. like what the PS one collecting was like when I started it, when I bought the most games, how prices shifted, what it looked like at the end, how I did with those 77 games. Cause I had a, a target number that was if I bought them all on eBay versus uh, or an actual number, if I bought them all on eBay, what I wanted to pay for them and what magical Christmas land would look like if I was getting steals on that. And I'll talk through the whole logic on, on a side quest, but uh, yeah, I completed that, bought a bunch of PS one stuff, bought a couple of GBA games, one from excite bike Games. So, Hey Eric, thanks for sending me that. Um, he doesn't listen to the show. You don't need to thank him here. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> now he might be, he's, you know, people are strapped for content right now, so he may actually <laughs> I'm be sure, listening, listening I'm sure at a desperation. March 26th is when people are like, I could do with some more coronavirus content right now. Yeah, they, they probably don't. But they do want to hear what's going on with the market, and that's why I had a ton of questions, I assume. Um, yeah, so that stuff all got done. I started, like, I, I'm hoping that people want to sell me games from Europe now because now I've like finished the PlayStation stuff. I can start thinking about PAL Super Nintendo. I'm going to start doing that. As far as uh, what am I playing? Um, oh God, what is the name of the game? It's by Way Forward. It's not Shantae. It's a witch game. Windy every which way. No, <laughs> it's, it's a new one. Like Limited Run just had a thing come out for it. Oh, that's the thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about... Uh, independent like uh, those publishers like super rare games and limited run games before we go um, I can't remember the name of game it's a shooter or it's like a platformer you're a witch you jump around I, I, man it's on Xbox but they just sold sold uh, physical copies for PS4 and Xbox not too long ago when they did like their way forward day I, I can't remember anyways uh, I bought that on Xbox it's fine it's exactly what I expected to be it's charming little game and uh, i'm enjoying that but i've been playing a lot of magic arena lately so that's a thing i'm like uh i think this season this season ends in like five days or something so if you follow arena at all i started this maybe two weeks ago with no rank and i'm just about at mythic right now so i'm like a few ranks under I, I I might make it by the time uh, it goes, though. Taking any kind of loss really sets you back. I've been playing a lot of that. 
not socializing because I don't talk to anyone there. I even turn off emotes. And uh, yeah. Are the top nine ranked players called the Power Nine? They are not. That's lame. Missed opportunity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, so I've been... I don't even know who the top... I, like, I, I've played a few named players, like people who were... And uh, like I, I stream a little bit for my friends. And they're like, wow, you beat that. I'm like, I have no idea who that guy is. And that's cool. Hey, Johnny. Um, yeah. It's called Mystic Bell. Thank you. God. You're welcome. I'm like, what I went is looking the and I saw Nurse Love Obsession. And I'm probably, it's just probably Nurse Love Obsession. No, I, yeah, I, that, I went to WayForward's website. That's how I found okay. that. Thank you. Yes, yes, it is Mystic Bell. I like it. It's, if you guys haven't played it, it's a very Halloween-y, perfectly themed little witch game. It, it's cute. It's it's a cute game. Go go try it out. Um, yeah, it's like 10 bucks, or uh, you can wait. There's a physical copy of it coming soon. Anyways, uh, that's what I've been buying. That's what I've been playing. And now let's just take a, a quick second. I have two other things related to our topic that I wanted to talk about. One, someone asked me, and maybe they didn't want this shared, but I'm going to share it. So sorry if you did not want this shared. But do I think there's going to be a run on... Sonic and Mario or Mario and Sonic Olympics 2020 since the Olympic was postponed. Do we think the game will be recalled because it's not happening or do we think they'll just put out a 2021 edition or whatever? This thought literally had not crossed my mind. Wait, does the game already exist? It does. It was released in November. So I think most of Oh my of them... God, who cares? Everyone who cared about it already bought it, right? Right. right. But even then, like, it's not like, I don't think that for that in particular, like I understand that it's technically a licensed game, you know, licensed Olympics game, but I don't think that the people who play that game are like specifically Olympics enthusiasts. Like I think, I I feel like there would be an audience, whatever audience there is for that franchise would still be there whether or not there'd been an Olympics. Just like, you know, I think it's more like uh, the newest installation of Madden versus there being a, a, a licensed tie-in like dependency do you know what i mean no well i i think they're more of the fear that the game could be recalled because it says mario sonic 2020 were the olympics postponed to next year oh whatever uh, they, I, <laughs> I think yeah. there'll be a run on it just because of the mindset now that you like bring it up i think enough people have the mindset that there'll probably be a bump of some kind but what was that terrible game on the wii u a third something you know it was like a, the fighter Devil's third Devil's Third, yeah. Remember that? That took like a big run. People were like crazy. There was an article that said there were only like 400 copies that sold across the United States, which was 100% false, but it caused a run on it, yes. Yes, so I mean, anything can cause a run on a game is my point. Like there, there's, FOMO is real, but we're in a different weird environment right now. So I don't know. I don't think so. And I think most of the people who bought it already have it. But I would, I would expect a small price bump if people are worried about it. If you're worried it's going to be recalled, then you're probably specking at like $35 to $50, and hopefully that's not life-changing money for you. And if you are worried about it, pick it up. Like, they're not going to make another Mario and Sonic game in the nine months the Olympics gets postponed or whatever happens. So it's, that's going to be the game regardless of what happens. It's definitely selling frequently. Like, seven copies on eBay sold today, and just as many yesterday like it's it's selling but yeah. but but it's selling for like between 40 and 50 dollars right 
I mean, it is. It's relatively new, I guess, but I don't know. Has it, I, I, I guess I'd have to. I want to know how many copies were selling in like February compared to right now right, to see right. if there's actually I, been more activity on it. I'm sure there's been a little bit. I, I'm sure. I maybe this guy had a unique idea, or maybe he heard it from somewhere. I, I'm curious to see what happens. Are you gonna go buy it right now, Tyler? Uh, I'm not because I don't care about <laughs> modern Stefan, are you? Uh, no, no. Hey guys, did you already uh, buy it? <laughs> Speaking Stephen of coronavirus, uh, Ring Fit Adventures like two hundred dollars. Oh yeah, I get to. I, <laughs> I let's talk to about that because I got to put that in Tyler's face. Because Tyler, oh my god. Ty, so when you know around Christmas time when we were saying that Tyler should pick up a copy. He was saying that it, soon enough it was going to be in like Bed Bath and Beyond for you know twenty dollars, and here it is now going for like it's like <laughs> regularly selling for like two fifty. Oh my god! I, I yeah, it's, it's not like even like flukes. It is so expensive right now. I'm so. Happy. It is. I I wanted one too. I was like, oh man, I I also had looked at the price. I'm like, you know, I'm going to be stuck inside, and I should get my fat ass moving a little bit more than I do. Uh, maybe I'll go grab Ring Fit Adventure. Nope. Never mind. Like, it doesn't Just surprise me that it wouldn't be like clearance, that there would be demand for it right now. But like, who are the people spending $250 on it? I don't understand I like what means you have and what psychological state you're in where you're like, I'm going to buy this brand new video game for more than three times the price because I need to play Ring Fit right now. How do they get over that psychological hurdle? I don't care how much money you have. Like I could, I I could overcome the financial pain of spending that much. I could never un- overcome the mental anguish of spending and, that much. And this isn't like to be clear. This isn't like there's some buy it nows, but there's also like significant number of of like bidding auctions that get up to like two hundred plus, with yeah. like twenty one. Like here's twenty one bids, and it sold for two hundred dollars. Like maybe people are putting like their gym money into it, and they're just saying like, F- it, I need to exercise, and this is the only way I'm going to do it inside. Man. Super gym people are real fucking mad about this right now. Yeah, I mean, so. I will say too. Like the other day, I was I was thinking about getting um, the a set of Select Tech um, dumbbells. You know, like the adjustable dumbbells from yep. um, from uh, Bowflex. And Bowflex is totally sold out. Surprise, surprise. But also the secondary market, which normally you know those things would go for around two hundred bucks, they're like trading for like nine hundred dollars on eBay. <laughs> Wow. Yep. That's just a heavy thing to pick up. Stefan, go get some gallon jugs and just lift some water. Yeah, for sure. No, but, you know, because, well, and at $200, I'd be like, fine, that'd be great. That's exactly what I'd be in for, but uh, not at $900. No, thank you. Well, I guess it is too rich for Stefan's blood. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my. It's a retail product, Johnny. That's right. If yeah. it was like the original prototype select tech that was like hand signed by the engineer. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, okay. Uh, also, I want to talk about just, uh, you know, some of the businesses affected by everything that's going on. Let's talk about Limited Run and I Am 8-Bit real quick because we haven't ragged on them enough lately. Um, I, what, I sent you that little note that said they had teamed up for a release. That was gross. I, I threw up in my mouth when I saw those two forces had combined on anything. Oh, for Shadowgate? So, no, this wasn't for Shadowgate. This oh. was for another, what was it? Uh, um, for Psychonauts. 
They did, oh. were doing a special release of a game that they've already sold, mind you. Which is why they had to do that, you know, because they because that's like a policy for a limited run is to not do another run after they've done one. Right, so. and then they just did another run of it, and then made it, and it sold out in like minutes or anything. But the minute like the coronavirus became a thing, super rare games. I mean, like all these people came out with a, a ton of stuff they were just throwing at. I mean, I'm just like, oh man. You really want to throw your FOMO items at people right now, huh? Like, this is... I mean, they got to keep the doors open, too. I understand that. But, you know, I already think they're a bad business practice that take people uh, take advantage of people's uh, psychological insecurities. And uh, then to see it right after, like, pandemic news made me feel a little grosser about them. Oh, they, so I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. They just uh, started a podcast, too, apparently. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Don't tell people that. They're not going to listen to that <laughs> instead of us. There's one guy They're who not cares more listen about to that limited run games than Collector's Quest. He's like, I only got room for one. Sorry, guys. That's right. Limited <laughs> run. <laughs> Go listen to Doug, I guess. I, mean, like, I don't I, care that they're throwing stuff out there for people to buy. Um, I did. I got roped in by one. Um, it wasn't really oh. coronavirus related. It was a little before, but uh, Data Discs re- uh, put out their vinyl soundtrack of Outrun which has been out of stock for years. Uh, and I've been looking at that. I've been looking for that for at least two years. Cause I remember Magfest two years ago, I was specifically looking for it at some places and uh, they roped me in. They got me for my 20 bucks plus $10 shipping on that. I've gotten suckered into a couple recently too. the, um, those, I really like how they're doing the big box PC releases for star Wars. So I did that. Ew, no, tell me, Johnny. Stephen, I have such good news for you, Johnny. You didn't buy uh, any of the Star Wars ones. I I'm, I broke my Star Wars streak of limited run games because of Dark Forces. Because the sixty five dollar edition of Star Wars Dark Forces is so stupid. Because that's so much more than a real copy of the game. That uh, and, and I realize that's the case with like their NES and Game Boy releases and all that too. But for some reason, with PC games, it it, it hits me so much harder that. Uh, is super dumb to buy those. And Dark Forces is their favorite Star Wars game that they've ever released. Is my favorite Star Wars game of theirs that they've re-released. And I still didn't buy it. So Good the Star Wars streak you. of limited run games is over for me. I'm proud of you. And now not proud of Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan. Why? Why? Sorry. Well, hey, man, Stefan, I... you, want, you want to get the uh, the other first six games of that set? Mm? You know who's no. got them? I, <laughs> no, I, ha- I got the um, with the Rebel Assault. That they did oh wait these are these aren't the the same like book size these are bigger because this one has the yeah they're like big box blister pack inside of it correct oh i think i just roped tyler no back in. i don't care just just uh-huh. just buy a real copy of dark forces it's such a good well, game it's just, so cheap too so also i just forces. like if they had packaged this onto a switch game or a ps4 game i like would be more inclined but really just making a shitty repro i'm out on that I'm out on that. No. Like, that goes against their whole premise where they state, like, who they are. Like, we bring, you know, we save digital games. We're archivists, really. Like, we're doing this. Like, no, you're, like, this is clearly just a money grab. Get out of here. Like, uh, I I did get roped in myself by Shadowgate, and I bought Mystic Bell because I like that. Uh, I like WayForward, and I like to buy WayForward games. But, um, yeah, I, I bought Shadowgate. I've talked much of my love of Shadowgate. And I was like, I think even on an early podcast episode, I said when they did this, like I, they did the Shadowgate on Kickstarter, I think I said, man, I, I hope that 
becomes a physical release one day. If it does, I'll buy it. And they got me. That's and I, I posted in our chat how annoyed yep. I was. Yep. I was going to do it, but I did it, and I feel disgusting about it. So, anyways, I just one... noticed a, a big uptick from them uh, recently and what they're selling. Yeah, I, maybe they might just be ramping up things in general. It looks like they have a monthly twenty-five dollar shirt that they're doing now. Oh, I don't. Gross. I mean, maybe they're just just getting better at milking people. I don't know. I'm really interested to see, is this their first limited uh, release that's coming out with Shadowgate? Because they have like a ton of stuff up for pre-order. Uh, I'd really be interested if this actually sells out or if people are not thinking about buying artificially limited games right now. Oh man, is Shadowgate uh, a limited one? Is this going to be a problem? Oh no, are they pre-orders too? What, does limited run games even do limited run games anymore? What is this? They are do. they all pre-orders? They, no, they, usually the Switch games are pre-orders. It says pre-order for PS4, too. But it might be... Yeah, yeah. it's an open pre-order. Like, oh, come yeah, on, the, limited run the, games. You're doing your own business model wrong. No, that was horrible. The big box ones are usually limited, and then the other stuff is not. But, like, um, they also... What else did they have? They had, like, Real Mist, and they had Streets of Rage 4. You know, they, they had all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but that's all up for pre-order. I yeah. might also do the Command... Only because I, I... Petroglyph Studios, the developer for Command & Conquer Remastered, I have a working relationship with them, and I like to support them. So I may do that, too. And they have So a just send them $10. Big box. It's a big just box. literally put a $10 bill in the mail and send it to them. But I also wanted to buy it. And they'll be like, great, thanks, Stefan. They're like, thanks. We don't know what to do with this because we can't process this through accounting. Yeah, it's exactly. causing us a problem. That's yeah. what it would really be like. Correct. <laughs> they just send me back my ten dollars. Yeah. Anyways, uh, okay, we went well. Uh, yeah, we kind of started whole... the show back up there again. Yeah. <laughs> after it was over. Yeah. It was over. Did it? Uh, no, all my fault because I thought of this stuff. Anyways, uh, okay, that's all we got, guys. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Stefan, where can we find you? Uh, I am at uh, Instagram and um, Video Game Sage and YouTube as Archon1981, A-R-C-H-O-N-1981. And I am on Twitter uh, as Art of NP, so Art of Nintendo Power. If you search for Art of Nintendo Power, you'll, you'll find me as well. I'm Default Gen. You can't find me anywhere because I haven't been on anything for uh three weeks i've intentionally not checked any of my messages today is the last day of my vacation so i'm probably gonna respond to everybody who messaged me in march you just declare email bankruptcy uh i'm declaring email bankruptcy i bought two things on ebay uh this is unrelated but i only bought two things on ebay this month it feels fantastic uh, one of them i didn't bring up i brought uh i bought uh Game Player's Strategy Guide, Nintendo Games, Volume 4, Number 9, which has Ninja Gaiden 3 on the cover art. And thank you to whoever on Instagram posted that, because that thing is super cool, and it costs nothing, and I'm happy to have it now. That's where you can find me. Are you? Uh, I'm not super happy, because I don't care about magazines, but eh, it's a Ninja Gaiden 3 thing, why not have it? Okay. Uh, and for me, you can find me at uh, Johnny underscore Ayuchi on Instagram, Johnny on Video Game Sage. Uh, mainly I lurk there, though. And before we close out the show, I just want to say a... Uh, and I'm thanking him on the, other, on the other episode, but Jason out at Trade and Games, he hooked me up with a lot of the last PS1 stuff I need, so just a special close. Thanking him for working with me on all that stuff. So, 
That's it. Guys, thanks for hanging out for a little bit, and we will catch you next time. All right, bye.